All right, everybody, welcome to the Fear the Fin cast. I'm Jacob Sunster, I'm the managing editor at Fear the Fin. It's a beautiful morning. It's 10.05 a.m. Pacific on January 19th in the year of our Trump 2017. Joined by uh, Marcus White, staff writer at fearthefin.com. Uh, all right, Sharks beat the Kings last night 3-2 to two, uh, in a game that really wasn't as close as the scoreline probably indicates. I thought the Sharks played really well last night. Marcus, thoughts? Yeah, I uh, thought they played a very good game. Uh, fourth line looked really good uh, once again. Uh, not only recently, but when uh, Ryan Carpenter's played there, uh, he's played very well in that spot. He, he seems to have legitimate chemistry with uh, Michael Haley. I think we can confidently say that. Um, it has only been, I think, they've played three games. Carpenter's played this season, but, I mean, I, I think we've seen enough to at least warrant a longer look. Um, contributions from up and down the lineup. I mean, win when you're missing, you know, two top six forwards in Jonas Donskoy and Logan Couture. So you'll you'll take a win any way you can get it and a, and a win in, a, in which you, you know, dominate, then, you know, that's that's pretty good. So I think the Sharks will take it, you know, first half of the back-to-back. They obviously wanted to get the first two points. And now tonight, trying to get a second two against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing to me is that not only did they win, but obviously they controlled possession, like you said. And uh, Sharks are missing, you know, uh, Couture, Donskoy, and obviously can't forget they're missing uh, Tomas Hurdle as well, while the, the Kings are, are only missing uh, uh, Tyler Toffoli. And I went on the Jewels for the Crown podcast last night, and, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a not not a great time to be a Kings fan, which means it's a great time to be a Sharks fan. Uh so they're not 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 happy time in Kingsland, uh, and I I think really what stuck out to me most is uh, especially as it opposed to maybe other times the Sharks played the Kings even this season is that the Sharks just look like a much better team than the Kings. Just kind of look a lot like it did in the playoffs last season, where it just kind of looked like the Kings couldn't hang with the Sharks really at any point of the game last night, even when the game was close. Um, you know, the Sharks are just a better possession team. They're a faster team. They're a team that could, you know, it's much more dangerous, uh, you know, when they have the puck. I think the the biggest thing to remember, I have to, I want to look up what the actual penalty differential numbers ended up being, but the, the Kings definitely had uh, their fair share of power play opportunities. And not only did they not score on any of them, they just looked absolutely feckless on just about all of them. And, and honestly, uh, you know, as much as I want to credit the Sharks penalty killing for that, I think that has as much to do with the fact that the Kings were just absolutely useless on the power play last night. And that's really got to start wearing on you. You know, maybe not so much as a Kings player, but as a Kings fan to see that your team is just so grossly incompetent at, at scoring. And I think at some point, you know, uh, there are going to be, you know, some calls for some changes. I see the Kings had four power plays. I said the Sharks also had four four power plays. I know that... Uh, do they count that? Do they count the double the the four minute power play as two, or do they count that as one? Yeah, that's two. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, where uh, who was it that called? Who think it was like Carlson that then also got called for holding on that? Yeah. Yeah, it was Carlson and uh, I want to say Kyle Clifford. Yeah, that that the officiating last night was um, a little whack. It was. It was very bad, very, yeah. very bad. On, on uh, both sides, I think, to be Oh, fair. yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say it was, uh, yeah, it slanted necessarily, but it was just god-awful and stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this game did not get the cream of the crop in terms of officiating. Uh, yeah, for sure. It was 
just abysmal. And then there was that terrible coaches challenge. Uh, I'm not sure what Pete DeBoer thought he saw there, but uh, you know that the Sharks, if you didn't see it, I guess you could look it up. It's uh, try to get a goaltender interference called on the the Kings' first goal. Um, when very clearly there was just nothing there. Uh, you know, Martin Jones, I mean, is basically out of the crease and his glove certainly is out of the crease. If anything, you know, there's interference could be called on the Sharks on that play, I thought. Um, you know, not that it ended up mattering, of course, and, you know, you're only losing a timeout, which I don't really think even matters that much. But it's a very weird game in terms of officiating and reviews and the whole thing. It was very, very weird. Um, Kind of a weird game. All yeah. of these games are weird. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. Uh, it was odd. It was you know keeping with uh, the previous games in terms of how close it was on the scoreboard. Um, you know, nice to see Martin Jones have a have a bounce back game uh, of sorts. Uh, you know, he played well against Winnipeg. Of course, tried that awesome empty net goal that ended up in the back of his own net. That was that was pretty awesome. Uh, and Taking then tips from Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. Uh, and then on on Saturday, uh, Saturday the uh, the goal his goaltending did not go so well, but the last two games he's played a lot better. Um, you know, question tonight, of course, as always on with, and I think it's a worthy question this point in the season when Aaron Dell's started so few games is if Aaron Dell's uh, going to start tonight. I think he started all but one game this season against an Eastern Conference opponent on. And I believe each of them have come on one night, each of those games, and even the Calgary game. Um, have come on the second night or the first night of a back-to-back. Uh, maybe all but one have been in a back-to-back situation. That being said, he has not started in every back-to-back situation. Um, Sharks play a bad Colorado team on Saturday. Uh, do you think DeBoer, do you think there's any chance that Dell does not play tonight and instead plays on Saturday? Uh, I actually think that there's a chance that he plays both of these games, but I think there's a better chance because they play Colorado both on Saturday and then they play them again on Tuesday. Correct. I think that there's a chance that uh, Dell plays today and then again on Tuesday would be my yeah. guess. Um, I think those are really. I think Dell plays today. You know, especially with the Sharks getting a win yesterday, I think that really propels. You know, it's like Jones played the Kings yesterday. You know, the Sharks won. It's a really satisfying win. I mean, that's, you know, when you when the coach says it's a satisfying win, it's like, oh, yeah. oh okay. Oh, so we're good then. So we're good, coach. Yeah, we're good, guys. We're good. Yeah, we're taking the we're taking the morning off. It's like, okay, all right, cool. Then we're good. Well, according to our highly scientific poll, 70% of our 288 respondents think that Arendelle will start tonight. Wow. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I think I, I feel pretty good about Aaron Dell starting tonight. I believe, did he start? No, he probably didn't actually start against uh, Tampa last time because I wasn't a back to No, he has not played against Tampa yet this season. Right. Yeah, I keep thinking that that Florida was a back to back because it so often is, but that was not a back to back, which, like, of all the scheduling that, you know, the NHL has done this year that hasn't made any sense, doing the Florida series back to back makes perfect sense to me, and they didn't do it. So, yeah. Uh, the NHL continues I mean, to work. Yeah, scheduling. Definitely something that I've observed. I mean, the fact that we the Sharks have played LA all of their games already and haven't played Vancouver. I understand right. they're trying to limit travel. I understand they're trying to limit uh, that kind of stuff. But that's very odd that you know you have a arguably one of the best NHL rivalries finish up before February. That's very strange to me. 
Yeah, especially if you figure you want that to be maybe part of the you know playoff race story, you would think. Yep. Maybe. Uh, another thing that's very foolish, I think, is that they made uh, three out of the five LA San Jose games are part of a back to back. Yeah. Two of those back to backs are the second half of the back to back. This yep. is the only one that was the first half of the back to back. So you're telling me you want your the your your rivalry night games to be played with guys that are tired? Yeah, that's the other thing too. I mean, this like, is like what the, what are you doing? I think they've been on on you know rivalry night or on NBCSN in all but one of those games, and that was probably the New Year's Eve game. Um, right. So I mean, there's it's clearly a matchup that the that NBC likes to air. So to get, I mean, to get it out of the way, knowing the playoff history, very very strange. Very strange to me. Yeah. Uh, also not looking forward to play. I know that San Jose did this with Vancouver last year as well. And, man, I really got sick of the Canucks. And this is even when the Canucks aren't, aren't any good. And I just always – and I know that the Canucks are a little bit less uh, aggravatory than they were in years past. I just, you know, just worry about – less about the Canucks doing anything more so than the Sharks getting, you know, getting in themselves into trouble. Uh, it's just the the dad and me get worried about Joe Thorne doing something stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, thankfully, uh, they don't play them too close to the end of the season. Well, not in the last game anyway. They play them with a, I think it's like the, with three games to go and then two games to go and then they play the two Alberta teams. So yeah. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves though. So one game at a time. Oh, oh, quick correction. They play the Avalanche Saturday and then Monday. Not That's on right. A, not on Tuesday because yeah. it's a Monday, Tuesday road back to back, which is also one of, the, one of those games. Which is also baffling. They're playing that Monday <laughs> game against Colorado again on NBCSN because I assume that there's nothing else on TV on Monday night on NBC the Sports. Intrigue of the Matt Nieto Bowl. Oh, that must be it. Yeah, Matt Nieto scored his first goal for the Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday. First goal of the season, then correct? Yeah, correct. Wow. So obviously that's why Matt, Nie- uh, Matt Nieto and uh, – or I mean uh, Tommy Wingles and Michael Haley had a counter last night. They're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa, we've got to – Slow down, big boy. We've got uh, to up our ante. I mean, they – fourth line has looked, has looked pretty good uh, of late. Um, and, you know, I think we've, we've said it every time he's up, but uh, I'd like to – we'd like to see more uh, Ryan Carpenter, I think. I think he's he's earned an opportunity here uh, for an extended look. Um, with the injuries, I think he you know he'll get that look. Whether or not he'll get that look when Hurdle's healthy or when the rest of the team's healthy, that definitely remains to be seen. Um, I think but, the problem with Ryan Carpenter is uh, that uh, Tommy Wingles just scored. Yeah, and so I think he's kind of toast again. Yeah, I I, I would imagine so, so. Once they're healthy, they'll move. Uh, I mean, as soon as I mean, if Couture is back tonight, uh, Carpenter's out. Yeah, Wingles will set it up. Yeah, um, I mean, but, yeah. but the fourth line. Look, I mean, I haven't looked at the um, numbers, but I think it, it looks good. Um, yeah, I haven't checked my charts yet. Um, Hang on. <laughs> fourth line has looked pretty good together when it was you know Carlson, Wingles, and Haley. Um, I think Wingles has he's been in and out of the lineup, but I think his last couple games and even independent of the scoring. Uh, I think he's played a little better than he was earlier in the season. Still think he's probably the odd man out just due to salary. Um, I, I think the fact is, if the Sharks had found a taker, they would have. He would have. He would have been gone already. I think they. It's been shown that they have enough depth in their farm system of guys that can play bottom six roles. I mean, Barkley grows up with the team. Uh, Carpenter played last night, so 
but you know that's good for Wingles if he keeps scoring. We we talked about it before. If he keeps scoring, the fact that the Sharks are struggling so much to score this season, uh, it's very hard to keep that man out of the lineup. That being said, it's also good for the Sharks if they can uh, find a way to move him and get uh, Carp keep Carpenter in the lineup. I mean, that's a savings of uh, you know, like one point eight million dollars because Carpenter's only making six hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Um, that's a lot of that is a, a lot of money uh, in salary cap terms, and that that is enough to really add a significant piece at the trade deadline. I mean, I mean significant, and throw in the fact that you know. Uh, you have other guys like Melker's making 1.6 million this year. You know, yep. I mean, that's a guy that you can move a guy like Melker Carlson, who's a guy I like quite a bit, but that you could upgrade to someone who's better and in, in making more money. And you can be talking about, you know, actually going out and getting someone who's, you know, you know, a pretty substantial upgrade if you wanted to, um, you know, that's, that's, that's significant. Um, Going back to the uh, to the, the the waiver race, by the way, I just want to note that since uh, Tom, Matt Nieto's been been waived, uh, Matt Nieto is uh, tied with Michael Haley with uh, half a point per game, and uh, Tommy Wingles is trailing with 0.4 points per game. Yikes! So. Yikes! The fickle, the fickle nature of scoring rates. Well, Tommy Wingles and Carpenter uh, could have more time in the lineup depending on uh, a development that happened late in the game. Nice was, segue. Was it noticed by many? Hey, that's why they pay me uh, no bucks for this. Zero bucks. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Bodker, after his breakaway, appeared to be in some discomfort uh, on the bench. Appeared to be it. We saw the camera cut away, so it, it looked like he was walking in the direction of the room and under some discomfort. Um, he did not play for the game's uh, final four minutes or so after his breakaway attempt. Uh, neither did. Kevin LeBanc, um, who was also on that line, Patrick Marlowe did, but I think that's you can chalk that up to Pete DeBoer just tightening his bench uh, late in the game. Uh, I didn't see Bodker come back on the ice. I didn't see uh, if he was in the, uh, the the Sharks celebration after. Uh, I didn't see if you know when they all congratulate uh, Martin Jones after the game. I didn't see him. He came back out on the ice then. Um, what would you if you know this? And this could end up being moot by the time. The listeners listen to this podcast tonight uh, before the game, but if Bodker's out, what would you expect the Sharks the to then do? You think they're just going to play Quinn uh, Gaudreau tonight, or do you think we'll see uh, see another corresponding move? Um, I think it depends if Logan Couture is healthy, I guess. So that's the number one thing. If Couture is back, then obviously no big deal. You put Couture back in the lineup, and that actually makes it kind of easy because then you've got Couture back on the second line. You can move. Uh, you know, Marlowe back to the top line and everything kind of, you know, moves back into itself that way. Now, if it's much more interesting to talk about if Couture is not ready to go tonight. That makes things a really, really interesting. In that case, I think you got to put Gaudreau in the lineup because, hey, he's already here and it gives you kind of an opportunity to get a look at a guy in a game that, you know, I, I don't want to say the game doesn't matter, but after beating the Kings last night, I kind of feel like the game doesn't matter. Um, cause you can kind of punt with putting Aaron Dell in that. And, you know, at that point it's like, Hey, we've got Brian Carpenter playing center and Hey, we've got Michael Haley and we've got Barkley Goudreau playing and nobody's healthy. And I don't know, like, let's just roll the pucks out there and see what happens. Um, at that point, I mean, I don't even know what your, what your team looks like. I mean, I, 
I don't even know where you play Barkley Goudreau. <laughs> that uh, is a real that's a real concern. I mean, he's not played with the Sharks this season, hasn't played with the team uh, in over a year now. Uh, you know, he's a, I think he's he's a winger. He probably you probably slide him in uh, to your to your bottom six, but then I mean, you're moving. I mean, who do you bump up? up? You're moving Tommy Wingles probably up to a third line position, and then bumping up Joel Ward to a, a, a second-line spot. And if your second line is Kevin LeBanc, Patrick Marlowe, and Joel Ward. What about uh, Timo Meyer? You could bump up Timo Meyer. Uh, that's, that's what I would do. Meyer, LeBanc, Marlowe having probably the oldest guy on the team, not named Joe Thornton with the two youngest. That'd be – that'd give us plenty to write about. Uh, so that'd at least be good. Um, you know, I, I, I think – I just feel like putting Joel Ward up there is um... – it's like putting the one of the fastest guys on the team with the slowest. That would give us yep. plenty to write about. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although Ward's played well with Marlowe in the past. They played well together on that third line in the playoffs, um, both when Marlowe centered and when Chris Tierney centered uh, that line. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on Logan Couture. I believe he was sick last night. Yeah, they said he was uh, battling that on Monday as well. That at least was the story. He also okay. didn't play that final nine minutes, you know, on Monday because of the blocked shot. And Peter Borley right. said that it's unrelated. Um, okay, that's good. You got to take him at his word for that. Of course. Um, yeah, because I, I remember remember seeing that during the game on Monday. That was a pretty scary, uh, you know, literally a textbook, how you get injured blocking a shot. Yeah. Um, how not a good way to block. Yeah, watch that, kids, and never block a shot the way <laughs> Logan Couture blocked yeah, try that not shot. To, try not to get your hand uh, caught there, for sure. They literally uh, teach you not to do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, what were we talking about? Yeah, Barkley Goudreau. And, I mean, the lineup will look as depleted as it's looked all season, but uh, I think the Sharks call have shown. Goldobin. What's up? They should call up Goldobin. That's a good idea. I, I agree. Um, you know, if Couture's out, if Bodker's out, that's going to be the – the thinnest lineup they've iced all year, but the, the Sharks have done a good job all season uh, really of, of managing injuries and managing uh, and managing that kind of adversity. I mean, as you look at how well they've played in Tomas Hurdle's absence, and I think nothing speaks better to their to their depth. So, you know, on a one-game basis, they might be able to do it, but the second night of a back-to-back, uh, that's tough. You know, the Lightning are missing. Steven Stamkos, he is on long-term injury reserve, but – I mean, this is a team that a lot of people thought was a Stanley Cup contender coming into the season. They haven't. Oh, hey, no, this yeah, idiot. I, I did. I had them in the. I had them in the cup too. I. Yeah. I, I, had, I had the Sharks uh, beating the Nashville. them. Yeah. Sorry. Don't worry about it. The Lightning currently sit uh, four points out of one of the three automatic playoffs. But three points yeah. out of one. Automatic I'm really glad playoffs. we didn't put money on these picks. No, I didn't. No, thank. Thankfully. Thank. Um, thank you, God. Gambling uh, are, kids, don't do it. The so they're about they're three points out of one of those spots, and it looks like they're three points out of the wild card as well. Um, don't look now, but the Carolina Hurricanes are also only a point out of the wild card. I feel like that's not being talked about nearly enough. I'm telling you, um, man, if that team just gets league average goaltending, they're a playoff team the past three years. Yeah, and they're it looks like they're starting to get it, and they've definitely started to pick up their scoring lately. Um, don't worry, the Cam Ward's going to mess it up. The Lightning, much like the Panthers, are a team that we, uh, I certainly did not expect to struggle nearly this much this year. Uh, you have the Bruins, Maple Leafs, and Senators ahead of them in the standings. I never would have thought that to be possible. Um, but, you know, there's still, I think, opportunities for the uh, Lightning to make the playoffs. Um, t- Toronto and Ottawa's schedules are really going to ramp up. Um, and knowing what we know about Ottawa, I 
Yeah. I, I see them dropping more than I see Toronto. Uh, you know, hashtag the Leafs are actually good. Uh, yeah, Toronto's but this is good. Ottawa's yeah. terrible. Ottawa's yeah. a bad hockey team. And this the, is a, the difference this is, is that Toronto and uh, uh, Florida and the Lightning have been hurt. So if they get yes. healthy and Ottawa comes back to earth, we're talking about a different story. Well, here. Florida has some cause for concern. Read today that Hub- both Huberdo and Barkov's injuries could be season ending. And that is <sighs> devastating for the Panthers. Oh, uh, they're toast then, yeah. Devastating. Um, they've already played 49 games and they have 47 points. Uh, they they needed to up the ante there. Lightning, uh, 46 games, 47 points. You know, they're – Given how bad their division is, it's not – they're not out of it. Yeah, I, I, I would even say the Panthers aren't out of it yet. If if Ottawa can drop like we've well, seen – If no yeah. Barkov and no Huberto, they're, they're toast. No, of course. And, you know, the Bruins, I mean, they're thinking about firing Claude Julien, which is – I mean – Cheers to you, Boston. Love you, that boys. Happened. That's – Godspeed. A little flabbergasting to me. Um, so this is a pivotal game for the Lightning. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I think they've this year that part of the reason they've struggled, at least um, from what I've read, is that they just have not gotten very good goaltending um, this season from uh, Vasilevsky or Ben Bishop. Uh, it's kind of created an interesting dilemma for them because they really haven't gotten goaltending that they expected from either guy. And you know we've all been talking about for for years, seemingly that okay, this Lightning team they're gonna. They're going to get rid of Ben Bishop this summer or they're going to try and trade him uh, before the deadline because, uh, because Vasilevsky is the goalie of the future. But, I mean, Ben Bishop is rocking a 9-10 save percentage. Vasilevsky's rocking a 9-06. Uh, that is it's not good. Not very, that's not very good and that's not nearly uh, on par with what they've done uh, What they've done in the past. Looking at their even strength, uh, uh, looks like I'm not going to find it. Uh, I will try and find that. Uh, their even strength save percentage. Um, I'll go to Corsica. But in the meantime, uh, what do you what do you think is going to come out of their of their goaltending dilemma now that they've had both goalies struggle? Is is it more likely now that they keep Ben Bishop? Um, I think that, that. Well, I'd like to think that they're smart enough that you know they see this as more of a small sample size thing than anything else. I mean, I think we've seen that they're both good goaltenders. I think the biggest thing is that they're going to lose one of these guys in the expansion draft, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if Vegas is smart, they still take one of these guys, and they take Vasilevsky if he's left available. Right. Right? Um, you, now, the, my question wish, is... Does, you wish up leaving him unprotected because you assume, okay, he's a, you know, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a goalie that's, he's, he's under, he's out of contract after the year. Um, right. And that's the thing, right? They got to protect Vasilevsky and so whatever, right? So that's, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. So, Vasilevsky right. Strength save percentage 907, Ben Bishop uh, 924. Uh, I'm trying to get a check on how that compares to the rest of the league. Uh, goalies that have played a minimum of 50 minutes. So I'm really casting a very wide net here. Uh, if Corsica would just cooperate, or more importantly, my laptop would cooperate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's quite good. Uh, yeah, I mean that's Ben Bishop's been quite a bit better. If you look over the past, like look since like 2014 to now, uh, Ben Bishop's even straight save percentage has been a nine two four eight. Vasilevsky's a nine one eight six. I mean, there's really no question that Bishop's been the better goalie. Yeah. Um, I mean, the difference is that Bishop's 30 and Vasilevsky's only 22. Right. Um, Vasilevsky's got a more reasonable contract. You know, I wouldn't sign. Someone's going to sign Bishop to a long-term contract, and I wouldn't do that. Don't Jeff, overpay please, for goaltending. Please, that Ben Bishop has a higher 
even strength save percentage than this season. Corey Schneider, uh, Cam Ward, Mark Andre Fleury, Martin Jones, uh, Connor Hellebuyck, Jake Allen, uh, Peter Morazic. So he's 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 pretty firmly in the middle in terms of even strength save percentage. But all those guys have been pretty bad this year. I mean, yeah. Martin Jones has not been good. That's a list of guys that have probably that have all underwhelmed in uh, right. one way or another this season. Right, exactly. None of those guys have been good. Flurry's been bad. You know, I mean, Peter Morazic has not been good or isn't good. I mean, it's not just yeah. he hasn't been good. I mean, he's just not a good yeah, player. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that's. And Vasilevsky's been even worse. That and that's the issue. I I think right. if, you're, if you're Tampa, it comes down to. If you think this season, you know, you mentioned there has been the better goalie. Is it worth investing in him to prevent that drop-off? Given some of the contracts they have, I'd probably say no. I think it's the smarter move to keep Vasilevsky. Uh, he's on a pretty reasonable contract, and then you hope you hit on another goalie. But, you know, maybe Iserman is willing to invest in Bishop because, I mean, this is a team that tried, you know, pretty desperately. when I believe when Iserman first got there, they tried – to go with the cheap goaltending route. They had Anders Lind back, uh, and then they acquired Bishop, and they hit on Bishop, but you know they missed pretty heavily on Anders Lind back. And if they tried to go with that cheap goaltending duo again, I mean, goaltending is just so fickle. Uh, they, are, they have quite, quite the conundrum. I mean, they may be better off going with a goaltending tandem. Because as much as I know that uh, everyone, uh, and myself included, has really you know kind of crapped on what the stars have done this year, the stars goaltending is the only thing that's actually worked. Yeah, that's they, they've been both goaltenders have been pretty good for them this season. I mean, Harry Lightning this year is a, is a nine three two nine even strength save percentage. So that'll get uh, it done. That that'll do it. Antony has got a nine two five six. Which uh, hey guys, spoiler alert, that's a lot better than Martin Jones nine one six one. So yep. yeah, just a heads up, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't mind we, having that around, huh? We'll say though, a minimum of 50 minutes, second in the league and even strike save percentage, Aaron Dell. Uh, small sample size, bro. Minimum of 470 minutes. Number one goalie in the NHL right now, Devin Dubnik. Yeah. That's not a surprise. Um, Ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, the light, this Lightning matchup would have a lot more intrigue if Steven Stamkos was playing. We talked about the the rumor, uh, the rumor du jour of the Sharks offseason was that they were in on the Steven Stamkos uh, derby. Uh, this matchup would be a lot more interesting if he was playing. He was scared. He didn't want to come out to San Jose. So uh, what's the over-under, you think, on jersey fouls tonight with uh, people with uh, teal Stamkos jerseys? Oh, I, I take whatever it is, take the under. I don't think enough people know or I don't think – if that had been reported on uh, – that had been reported before he, uh, you know, before he was – before he, he actually signed as opposed to after, uh, then I, would, I think we would have seen some teal Stamkos jerseys. Set the, set the line at half, I will take the under. You don't think there's even going to be one? I think there will be one teal Stamkos jersey at the SAP Center, formerly known as the HP Pavilion, formerly known as the Compact Center, formerly known as the San Jose Arena. How about a Tavares jersey? See that? I mean, if look, if we keep if we keep pumping those tires, we keep putting right. that out with no with no basis in any reporting, just entirely speculation. My um, fearthefin.com based entirely speculation, <laughs> and not based at all in yeah. reporting. 
pretty much. Your source um, for baseless reporting. I'm the Western <laughs> Conference champion, formerly the Campbell Conference, San Jose Sharks. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I don't think we see it. I don't think we see a Tavares jersey either. Although, hey, maybe next year. Maybe next year. All right. Much better chance we see a Roman Polak jersey tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we I think oh much much better. Someone people bought James Reimer jerseys last year. Someone bought a Roman Polak jersey. People love their sure. goalies, baby. People love their goalies. Yeah. I don't get it. Never will. Uh any other oh yeah, we gotta see Jonathan Druin tonight at least. That's a fun guy. I, I was really hoping that uh that uh Steve Eisman would really go nuts last year and uh, get rid of him and Doug Wilson would swoop in and, and pick that guy <laughs> up. Pick up that uh is he Russian? Jonathan Druin, Steve Eiserman. No. Is Steve Eiserman Russian? No, Druin is Druin's Canadian. Oh, is he? Well, whatever. Had a heck of an assist the other night against uh, against the Kings. I'm excited to watch him play. He's he's, I mean that Eiserman looks like a genius for waiting him out uh, last year, and now uh, Druin's because you know they just the Lightning just keep hitting on these guys. I, I really absolutely despise Steve Eiserman, both as a person and as a GM. As a hockey player, too. Screw Steve Eiserman. <laughs> He's the worst. He's dog crap. Ooh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him dog crap. Certainly, as a player, I would not call him dog crap. I would. Terrible. Okay. I would boo him if he was here right now. Good. Right, Good. right through his face. Well, I'll call him up. I'll get him. I'll get him on the line. We'll get him on the pod sometime. You can boo him. Just. All right, we're joined by Steve Eisen. Boo! Hang up, hang up on him, hang up on him, hang up on him. Got him, got him, got him. Nice. Sweet prank call. Nice. Uh, All right, so yeah, so tonight, Lightning, Saturday, Nieto Bowl Part 1. Monday, Nieto Bowl Part 2. Tuesday, going to be in the peg. The peg. Right. Back Back to back, Colorado to Winnipeg. A bigger drop off in the league in terms of road trip cities than Denver to Winnipeg. I mean, probably like New, probably New York to Winnipeg. But I'm saying within within reasonable geographic, uh, you know, geographic distance. Uh, New York to Buffalo. Yeah, no, that's fair. Although I don't like New York very much, so for me, yeah, probably Denver to Buffalo or Denver to Winnipeg. I'm not a big New York guy. Yeah, Buffalo is terrible though. So I've, I've I have been to both. So yeah, okay. that's, that's terrible. It's pretty bad. I hear they're I hear they're revitalizing a little bit in in the low in the B low in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was there just a just a month ago, and it's oh yeah. I don't know. It's very Belt City. It's it's despondent. I mean, it's not Detroit or oh man. All right, wait a minute. What about like? Could you do a Denver to Detroit? No, Toronto to Detroit might be up there. That would be pretty bad. I would, I, I would, I wonder what their new uh, publicly funded arena is going to look like next year. Before mm, that's fair. Before. All right, we might change it next year. But right now, I would say Toronto to Detroit is up there. Even Pete DeBoer was crap. Pete DeBoer took a shot at Detroit. Yeah, and that's Pete true. DeBoer does not know how to have a good time. He does not. He's never had a good time. That guy has guy is just emotionless on the bench. I love the TSN is really you know. The, whoever, the game director has really done a good job of mastering the cut to DeBoer for reaction shot whenever there's a goal, and he's just showing absolutely no emotion. I think it's great. I think it's it's very fun. He only gets mad when there's a bad penalty call. Did you see, uh, yeah, like last night, the um, the Carlson holding thing? Uh, he was very upset about that. 
Did you see there was a, a cut last night? I was watching the game with the sound off at one point, and there was a series, I think they were coming back from commercial, where they showed Pete DeBoer, then Daryl Sutter, then Pete DeBoer, then Daryl Sutter, then Pete DeBoer, and then Daryl. They did this, it felt like, for a whole minute, where they just went back and forth between these two, like, emotionlessly angry, sad old men, just back and forth. Anyway, it was incredible. I want to find it and then download it and then set it to music. And I'm not sure what song I'm going to use yet. So if you guys, if anyone listening has got a song suggestions, go ahead and send them to feelthin at gmail.com. Uh, maybe go. I'll do a whole compilation, put it up on YouTube. It could work. It's going to be great. Uh, so uh, we'll do another one of these pods, maybe on, uh, I don't know, one of these days. Uh, because I know that well, after they, this uh, Tuesday game, They've got like a one more game, and then we've got a or and then we've got a pretty big break because that buy is coming up here, right? And then I think the buy is coming up after that. Yeah, shortly after the buy, uh, the buy will be happening. You will be going to the NHL All Star Game. Woo! Yeah, so we've got the All Star break. Then we've got the Hawks, the Hawks on the thirty first of January on Tuesday, and then the buy. I will be at the All Star Game in. Los Angeles on the 28th and 29th, skill competition on the 28th. I'll be there to uh, ask your hard-hitting questions. I'm going to ask uh, Martin Jones what his favorite restaurant in L.A. is. Oh, no, I really like uh, Shake Shack. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't even think Shake Shack had opened in L.A. No, by the time you went oh. for San Jose. In-N-Out? Oh, In-N-Out's pretty good. Go to Starbucks sometimes. He'll keep it, he'll keep it to the point for sure. Wherever Tyler Toffoli told me to go. <laughs> Maybe that's why yeah. I went to Toffoli to play last night. He couldn't. He couldn't take it. Scoring against Martin Jones. He's done it before, but he couldn't bear. He couldn't do it again. Uh, by the way, did you see the photo that uh, Mark Weber, our recapper, used for the uh, quick bite last night? I did not, but I'm looking uh, Go ahead and look right now. It's a, a pretty good uh, uh, hockey prom photo between Brent Burns and Martin Jones. Uh, if you haven't, guys haven't seen it yet, go ahead to the website and see the quick bite photo from the King. Oh, that's, that's, a nice, that's a nice picture. That's a that's nice. Picture. Uh, somebody's mom framed on a desk. Yeah, exactly. Framed on a desk, a little bit dusty. You know, maybe a little veil over it. Yeah, it's very nice. Very you flip tasty. it down when you're upset that you don't want them to be disappointed in you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I like it. Maybe I'll put that on a T-shirt. Speaking of guys, check out my sweet T-shirt. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, you can see my sweet Mirko Mueller T-shirt. Uh, this actually got a like from Mirko on Twitter. He was a big fan. Hey now. Not big, not big enough to retweet it though. So, of course. I was in. A, I took a picture with Robert Griffin III at an airport, and he liked it on Instagram once. That was nice. Funny. Nice. Didn't re, didn't re, regram it though. That would have been. Uh, that would have been my peak. I took a uh, a photo of my Danny Williams Reading jersey, and he he liked that on Instagram. That was cool. oh, okay. Or social media dynamos is really what you're saying. We are the worst. Yeah. Big time losers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Let me tell you, son. Uh, maybe we'll do another one of these on Sunday, depending on how the Matt Nieto Bowl goes. Who knows? I'm going to go to the Barracuda game on Saturday. So we can also talk about Ooh. that. Kuda. The Kuda. The big they Kuda. didn't play that song once when we went to the Barracuda game. They didn't play the song Barracuda. Really big disappointment. Did they not? I, I think no, they, they did. did. Oh, I don't they think did they... not. They did on Friday. Uh, okay. Pre-game. 
Maybe they uh, didn't pregame. But I do, do you want me to tell you my uh, really? Can I tell my really embarrassing Barracuda story? Yes, please do. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, I was in uh, I was in high school and uh, was talking to this girl. Uh, you know, I was pretty was pretty into it. I uh, was over at uh, her parents' house, and her dad was telling me uh, this story about how the two of them had gone up. We were in Southern California. Had wait, wait, is this about the game or is this about the song Barracuda? Uh, it's a Barracuda story. Okay. It's, re it's relevant. Good. Well, good. Good. I like it. It's an embarrassing high school story. This is a good story. Beautiful. This is one of my most embarrassing high school stories uh, that I'm sharing with Ian. I tell, I tell everybody this embarrassing Barracuda story. Um, <clears throat> and so we're talking. We're in L.A., right? <clears throat> talking about how they had driven up to, to San Francisco to, uh, to get this Barracuda. And... Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's weird, uh, and I'm just like kind of going along with things. I'm like, what the, well, what's this guy talking about? Why the hell would you drive all the way up to San Francisco to get a Barracuda? What, what are you, what are you doing? You're crazy. I like have no idea what this guy's talking about, and I'm just kind of going along with it. And then somewhere halfway through the conversation, I'm kind of like, so, is, where does he even like keep the fish at? Like, what's the <laughs> deal? And uh, I, I don't know what I said that tipped it off, but uh, he's like, you know, like, you know, the, like the car. I'm like, yeah, sure, the car. Anyway, that's when I outed myself as someone who had just no idea and absolutely not, knew nothing about cars. And anyway, that was a pretty embarrassing moment for me. <laughs> Because I thought he was there, driven up to San Francisco to pick up some ginormous fish and drive it back down to Southern California the whole time. But they were picking up a. What were they picking I, up? Because well, the song's about the a car. Because the. Oh, okay, okay. Now, I, okay. I would have made that's, the same mistake as you. I would have made the exact same mistake. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was like, I had no idea that's what the song was about. It's about a car. Oh man, that's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah. So, oh. As it turns out, there's a car named Barracuda, or used to oh. be, because they don't make those anymore because they're right. hunks of junk. Right. Oh man, that's awesome. That's that's hysterical. Yeah. So uh, so she she was standing over there, you know, dying of laughter because she knew what was happening the whole time and right. just You're let like, me. Why, is it, why are you guys? There. Why are you going to get this fish, man? Like a fish? <laughs> Can't you just go to the ocean? It's right over there, bro. <laughs> it won't ship you the fish. <laughs> anyway. So, what a jerk. Anyway, that's my okay. fish story. That's a good fish story. <laughs> it's my fish tail, bro. Starring Will Smith. I think that was shark tail. Whatever. That's great. All right, anyway, guys, uh, we'll be back on Sunday with more embarrassing fish stories. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, uh, we're on Twitter at FearTheFin, at Marcus P. White, at Jake Sundstrom. You can uh, find this on iTunes at, or just by searching Fear the Fin. Or you can uh, watch us do this shit here by going yeah. to fearthefin.com. It's uh, now 1044 on January 19th. See so, yeah, how we like. And we'll be back it. on Sunday, January 22nd. Whoa! Nice. I can read a calendar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a calendar? What's that? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a clock, but for days. <laughs> Crazy. What's a clock? I don't know. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later.